0: We have a great episode for you today. We are bringing back Andrew Updike, who is an economist for a very large investment company, and he's giving us his insights on what's happened so far in 2022, what's going on with inflation, and what is the Fed doing? Is it working? Everything going on overseas, and and, and then a look into 2023 and what's going to make a major difference. Are we going to be in a recession or not? And how is that all going to play out? You don't want to miss this episode.
1: Yeah, we've done a number of episodes with Andrew and he is somebody that we everybody tells us hey man we love whenever he comes on because he gives us a very nice overview of the world in all essence economically speaking. Um, by the way, we do have a blog written on this particular uh, episode. Like we do each week, you go to our website, to the blog page. It's right there. Uh, as well as, uh, in the top right hand corner, there's a tab there that you can click on our schedule and we would be glad to hop on and have a complimentary phone conversation with you, uh, about any topic that you might have. But, uh, obviously we know that this might be a time where you're trying to maybe figure things out and trying to uh, decide how to make some decisions, and we're glad to be able to do that. But before we get into this episode, we have a very quick disclosure.
0: That's right. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show.
2: Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast, here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts certified financial planners Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq
1: welcome everyone to our secure your retirement podcast we are very excited to have back with us our uh economist Andrew Updike that I, I claim you Andrew mm-hmm. as your ours and so uh, the, uh, so we appreciate very much you coming back on to uh, to chat with us today so thank you Absolutely. We got a lot to talk about. Very good. So uh, this has been a pretty boring year so far. Um, you know, not a lot going on. So I don't know if you've got any topics that you want to talk about or not, but uh, I'm sure people at home are thinking this has just been a simple, simple year, no big deal. Uh, what could you kind of give us some idea of like what's happened this year and uh, kind of wh- where we are?
3: Yeah. It's, you know, it's been a ride in the park. If your park is haunted and, <laughs> all the stuff's overgrown, and you've got yeah. It's been a, it's been a heck of a year so far, and it's, a, it's it's been a combination of factors. We've got everything from you know the Fed doing a complete complete about face on inflation. Going back a year ago, they said, hey, 2022, just don't expect a lot from us. It, you go back a year ago, right now, and the Fed was saying maybe next year we're going to have to raise rates by a quarter of a percent. Now they're saying four plus percent. They have done a complete about shift on inflation that was brought about by geopolitical events. We've got Russia and Ukraine, the ongoing crisis that's taking place out there, impacted energy prices, impacted food prices. And if you you think about it, energy is so interconnected into so many things we do. It's part of the transportation, it's part of the production. There's very few industries that, that aren't being impacted by that. And then recently we've got the elections, which is gonna certainly, if nothing else, bring with it a, a big jump in emotion Around what is taking place and now, you know, the, the elections didn't know on election night, what the results were, we're still, you know, a week later. Trying to figure out exactly who controls the house. Uh, The Senate is basically sort of determined the Democrats at least didn't lose seats. They may get an extra 1 with the midterm elections. The house is looking like it's leading towards the, the Republican side, but at the end of the day, here's the thing as we get past the midterm elections, as we've gotten further along with Russia, Ukraine, as we've progressed throughout this year, it has become very clear inflation is the name of the game. What is the Fed going to do? When can they stop reacting to it? And and I think that's going to remain the story through the holidays into next year. Fed is center stage. Uh, the floor is theirs. Now, can they navigate things?
0: Yeah, it seems like all, all of this year has been all around the Fed kind of driving uh, uh the sentiment in the markets and then you'd get a the break from the fed was the other issues like Russia Ukraine that was a break from the fed but eventually the focus came back to the fed then China Taiwan then the elections but it's all been all about what is the fed going to do to do to kind of keep us get us back to some type of normalcy and how long is that going to take so um in in say you know a week ago or so we had uh some CPI CPI numbers inflationary type numbers that came out and said Hey, it looks like things may be starting to curb a little bit and get back under control based off of what the Fed is doing. Uh, so what is your opinion on that? Is that a is that something that is, you know, does it seem realistic that uh, we are starting to hit that 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 uh bell curve and and it's going down now? Or is the Fed gonna ease up? Where, where what are your thoughts on all this now?
3: Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the the billion dollar question. I will say, you know, one one data point does not a trend make. I'm always a little cautious about looking at one month's data, particularly when, and as an economist, we dive deep into this data. When you look at CPI, the report that we got, uh, where the numbers came in a little weaker, you you noticed it came from things like medical. And at 1st, that seemed odd medical spending prices dropped to the lowest level we've seen in 50 years. Well, you dive in it's because they did some revisions on how they're running the calculation. It's not necessarily that any prices that we see day to day actually changed. They just changed how they were calculating it for me. Okay. I'm not, I'm not as convinced that that's a sustainable shift. We're going to have to see in the months ahead. I, what we do, we strip out food, we strip out energy. We look at everything else. And housing is the core function in in there, the housing prices that remember these, according to the feds metrics, housing pricing barely moved in 2020 into 2021, because they don't look at home prices. They look at things like rentals and when we had the moratorium on evictions, when we had uh, the the, the stoppage on foreclosures, we saw a massive slowdown in rental prices. They kind of locked in place. Well, now that's shifting and even though the home price gains look like we've kind of plateaued that thing's flattening out it takes time for these other numbers to come through so here's what i expect the movement from eight towards five and we went from eight now we're closer to seven is the peak behind us my best guess is yes okay but it came earlier this year but the movement from eight to five i think is going to prove to be the easier part and then we're going to get to this area where they're trying to get from five down towards two which is where the fed wants it over time that is going to be trickier. That is not something I see happening in the next six months. I think it'd be very hard in the next 12 months. I think we're looking more 18, 24 months out to get to that point. What the Fed's going to look at though is say, hey, it's trending in the right direction. So in terms of their actions, how quickly are they raising rates? Are they raising rates further? They're reaching a point where they can slow that down, slow the pace of rate hikes, potentially pause in rate hikes, and watch and see what happens. And that's that's exactly what Powell was talking about at their last press conference.
1: So I know that this kind of segues right in because you've mentioned it a couple of times about this idea of all this activity that the Fed's doing. And one of the things that the Fed has talked about, I think that the media is talking about, this is something everybody asks: is I guess first, are we in a recession? Has a recession started? And if it hasn't started, do we are we going to see one in twenty twenty three? And on top of that based on what they've done thus far how bad of a recession are we looking at i think that's all that's that that's the thing that's worrying people right now to a degree is this action is going to lead to some economic issues what's that going to look like and, and i know i'm asking you to guess probably on uh, what right. your opinion is
3: yeah so let's start with the first question have we seen a recession yet let's go back to that because people you know earlier this year first half of this year we did get two back-to-back quarters of negative gdp which go back to your macro 101 classroom if you if you took any economics courses this was probably the definition you heard for a recession and that's kind of the rule of thumb it's the textbook definition Of a recession, there is only 1 group in the world who can officially determine if we were in a recession. It's a group called the N. B. E. R. the National Bureau of economic research. It's a bunch of economists that sit around and debate this stuff. I'm sure they're an absolute hoot to hang out with. But they, they are not focused on back to back quarters. What they care about are 6 different metrics, 3 of which have to do with employment. 1 has to do with consumer spending 1 has to do with incomes and then that last 1 has to do with production. And when you looked at the numbers. 500,000 jobs per month average during the first six months of this year, uh, it, production up at a 6% annualized rate. The, the the income numbers were one area where they might have looked because in, the income numbers had basically only been growing at the pace of inflation, but spending was still strong. So based on those numbers, I would say we have not had a recession yet, but will we have one, right? And this is the thing, historically, the Fed, the Fed wishes they had a clear guide. The Fed wishes that, that they could make an action raise interest rates and immediately see the response immediately tell how significant that was going to flow through the rest of the economy, but it doesn't monetary policy operates with a lag when they raise interest rates. The economy absorbs it. and think about it, you know, here's 1 of the things uh, I think about if you're a company. When the Fed raises interest rates, it becomes more expensive for you to borrow and invest in people in products in projects now. When you have your equipment, you're a manufacturing company, you got equipment on the line, you're not replacing the equipment every day, every week, every month, but maybe you're doing maintenance. Maybe you're bringing new stuff in every six months, 12 months, 18 months. As we hit those points, Where the the higher rates cause some companies to say, you know what, maybe we're going to pause on this for a little while. Maybe we're going to slow some new investment. That's ultimately what leads to the slowdown in the economy. We don't have the same level of investment. We're not seeing the purchases of the inputs that go into products and and it, it can have a big impact. It can be like the you know late 1970s into the early 1980s paul Volcker said i have no idea how high we need to go so i'm going to just jack rates knowing i'm probably going to overdo it then it has a dramatic impact what i think we're likely to see and i don't have a crystal ball okay but what i think we're likely to see this time around is a more measured pace right they're not going to double digits on the federal funds rate right? in fact right now they're looking to kind of slow the pace of hikes my best guess is that in 2023, mid year ish, we do officially go into a recession. Unemployment starts to rise, not like 8 09. We're not talking a jump to 10% unemployment, but maybe 5%, 5.5%. We do see growth slow for two, three quarters, but it's not a precipitous drop, right? It's a slowdown uh, where, where things basically go flat to slightly negative. You want to look at one period in time that I would most compare this to, it's 1990, 1991. Okay, which was a milder recession. Um, now, the Fed could change that geopolitical events. If China invades Taiwan, throw that out the window. If we see some really truly unexpected event, right? It could change that. But my best guess right now, based on who's the moving factors, who are the, the the groups that are most impacted? Where is GDP most impacted? I would say recession, second half of 2023, milder recession. And then we get through it and we get back to sustained growth. this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out.
0: Gotcha. So on that topic, let's talk about um, layoffs or impeding layoffs that are uh, we're hearing about all the time. Like Facebook, Meta, they just said last week that they're going to lay off ten percent of their of their employees. I mean, that's a large number for a company as big as they are. But you know, in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. A lot of companies, a ton of companies had some major, major growth, and I think that they hired ahead of that growth, thinking that it was going to be very sustainable. So do you think some of these layoffs are coming because companies are actually hurting, or is it because they just overhired for what, what should have been you know, the growth that they were going to – the path that they thought they were on?
3: I, it, I, it's a combination of both, I think. One is that some companies price themselves to pandemic perfection. Right. And and Zuckerberg came out and said this. He said, look, we were seeing increased engagement. We were seeing people because they were home, because they were more online, uh, they were engaging with this content more frequently. They were engaging with ads. So they invested in it. They said, hey, maybe this is a bit of a shift in terms of how people are operating, how they're spending their time, how they're spending their money. And some of that did prove to be temporary. I mean, you know, a classic case of this is think about like a Peloton, right? And I'm not talking about the investability of the company, but just think of the product. And when we went into COVID, people were like, everybody's going to buy a Peloton. You couldn't go to the gym, so people are now, they're home, they're going to work out from the house, and everybody's going to buy the subscription package. And this is starting a new regime on how we work out. And then six months later, they were making nice towel racks, right? And, and, and <laughs> but a lot of people had priced in that this company had changed the way we operate it, in the short term. That was one of the factors. And I do think companies Amazon was a similar one. Amazon had to hire massively because when you couldn't go to the hardware store down at the corner, you needed them to bring things to you. So that increased uh, direction, that increased movement towards purchasing from them, it did necessitate in that short term, medium term. More people. Now we're seeing a shift from the good side back towards services, which from the tech side, you would think maybe they shouldn't be as impacted. They're more of a service based company. But think about if you've got a Facebook, if you've got um, you know a tech company that that relies on advertising, it's one of the first things people pull back on in this environment, and that's where the, those companies are really getting hit. So there is a combination of they overhired for the environment they were in. they They priced in that movement happening for longer. And at the same time, now that things are shifting, there's a slowdown in demand. However, that demand is also still going other places. I'm seeing this when I'm on the road, Uh, I'm seeing it at the airports, I'm still seeing it at the hotels, I'm seeing it at the rental car centers. One of the big shifts I think you're gonna see over the next six, nine months, is that those companies that have had such a hard time getting employees back, because they went to the tech companies, because they went to the Walmarts and the Amazons who needed delivery drivers, they're going to start to see a little bit of an easier time. The employment numbers, broadly speaking, are still rising. It's going to start to level off. Don't forget that just because the big-name companies, the high flyers, they get a lot of media attention, when they start to cut back, that is being offset in some other areas.
1: So you you touched on this uh, situation with uh, China and Taiwan earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. So I got a question. I mean, we've, you know, the the Russia-Ukraine situation has been going on for some time, way longer than probably anyone anticipated it for it to go on. And, you know, from we there was issues, obviously, it created issues. But it's kind of like, from the rest of the world's perspective, everybody's just kind of still moving forward with this whole situation. Do you feel that the scenario if China did invade Taiwan, that that's a different type of deal than the Ukraine Russia deal?
3: I do think it would be a different feel. I think um, when you consider, let's think about Russia Ukraine for a minute. How many, you know, what percentage of revenues for us based companies, how much of our imports or our exports are tied to Russia Ukraine? And, and the answer is, it's very small. Um, generally speaking, they represent a very, very small fraction of total revenue, total exposures internationally. Taiwan is so centrally critical for manufacturing on the semiconductor side. It is the, we we keep moving towards a more tech driven world and, and semiconductors are at the core of it. So there are more companies with a greater reliance on the production of a place like Taiwan, that they will, I believe, if China does look to invade, uh, they would act swifter, they would act more aggressively, and uh, it it would be a a greater global response among the major developed markets. Russia, Ukraine was gonna impact energy. It was gonna impact fertilizer, but there's other ways you can get that. The semiconductors, which have been an issue already for the last year, year and a half, right, uh, two years, We're trying to to resolve some of that. If you look around the United States, I was just the other week um, in in Ohio and in Columbus. They're building a brand new. I think it's a 20 billion dollar facility, but it takes years to get that in place. So, in the meantime, that central component to the most profitable, largest growing industry in the United States technology, it has a major artery that goes through Taiwan. and, And so we notice this with biden whatever the election results whether it was biden whether it was trump two years ago whatever happened in the midterms you are not hearing anybody anybody in washington say maybe we should ease up on what we're doing with china maybe we should ease up on restrictions maybe we should ease up on on some of the diplomacy stuff no everybody says this is critical this is core in a way that russia ukraine was not i mean do i wish russia ukraine was already resolved absolutely I wish that, that we, we got a peaceful ending to that, but China-Taiwan would be more economically impactful.
0: So we'll see how all that plays out, and I think it's, it you know, will we'll, take some time to figure it all out. Uh, so I've got a, a little end-of-year best guess for you, and just maybe you could say just talk about the S&P 500, you know, with, with, um, with the CPI getting everyone excited, uh, midterms historically are, you know, pretty decent in these years. Um, and then we've got about a month and a half roughly left in the markets uh, and sentiments going up in the markets. Uh, where do you think things go from here? I know it's a short period of time. Um, do we stay somewhat range bound or do we? does it kind of break through positively?
3: Yeah, so here's what I'm expecting, not just through the remainder of this year, but I think this is going to be a central theme of 2023. Is is bear market rallies, I think, you know, we can get events. We can get the midterm election. It's finally behind us. Maybe that eases some concerns. We get a a CPI number tomorrow morning, um, or at least when we are recorded the the producer price index is going to be coming out. Uh, and that 1 is another inflation check people are going to be looking at. We may get better news on Russia, Ukraine. We may get a number on the GDP, but I don't think any of that can overcome what's happening with inflation. So, as we see, right, it's not going to overcome the Fed. We may get bounces on sentiment, but as the Fed keeps moving higher, they've got a meeting in December. They've got their meetings to start next year. That's going to be the reality check. I expect volatility is going to be here. I'm not expecting a huge. Deviation sustaining in either direction up or down, I think we're largely going to be range bound until the feds job is done. And when it's done, when the fed is done, when they, they can start looking at cutting and cutting for the right reason, because inflation is in check, then I think we can start start some more sustained growth moving higher. But until then, um, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a wild ride. So buckle up. I mean, here's the thing. We, we don't know exactly when it's going to happen. Nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. Nobody knows what is that rate that the fed needs to get to in order to appropriately control inflation. If anybody who's listening to this knows it, please give me a call and also Uh call Jerome Powell. He would love to know what that number is, Um, but there's just too much unpredictability. I think right now your patience will be rewarded if if in a year, 2 years, 3 years. I can't tell you exactly where things are going to be in in 6 months, 12 months, but if I had to make a guess today on whether markets are higher or lower in 2 years, I would say, I bet the markets are higher. And in 3 years, and in 5 years, and in 10 years, that's been a relative, especially over a 10 year time horizon. It's been a very self safe bet historically. Why? Because we progress and we, we continue to come up with new innovations times like this where the turbulence is there. There's difficulty with energy. We're going to find new ways to produce. We're going to find new ways to create fertilizers to help with with, uh, you know, some of the supply chain issues. We will take the difficulty and and we'll make lemonade out of lemons. But right now we're squeezing the lemonades and we got some cuts on our hand and it's not, you know, the most enjoyable process, but we will progress. How long it takes, time will tell.
1: Well, we like to always uh, close uh, out these discussions with you, Andrew, on a positive note. So if you had to think about 2023, uh, while it's been a, uh, a lot of things here to deal with. Uh, has, there, has there been positives on this and and maybe a positive for what you, you anticipate for next year?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the best news for 2023 is that while well, the Fed is kind of still moving, it's not going to be as wild as it was this year, right? The Fed going from 0% interest rates to over 4 which is their expectation by the time that we end this year, they're not going to go 4% next year. So I think a lot of uh, the negativity, a lot of the fear has been priced in. We might not see a huge surge higher, but I don't think it's going to be, it's certainly not like the first half of this year, barring some major thing that happens, let's say, with that China-Taiwan, but I think that's a low likelihood event. So, hopefully, we start to see a little bit of easing. We know we're closer to those, those clouds parting and the lights coming through. And, I, I, again, I strongly, strongly believe that over the next 12, 18 months, you're going to see and hear about progress innovations, new things we've done because of this environment that we're in, and those are the things that don't go away when we're out of this. You know, once once Russia, Ukraine is, is solved and inflation is solved, the new productivity tools we take, the new production capacity that we bring is going to sustain and help us drive growth moving forward. That's where I'm spending a lot of my attention, a lot of the focus, because that's what drives us over time.
0: Well, I think that all sounds great. So. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on today. We know you are a very busy person, spreading your knowledge and you're on the road, giving talks all the time and, and talking about your opinions on things. So we appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to come in and hang out with us for 20 minutes or so and, and talk to our listeners and give them some, some re- really, really good perspective. So thanks a lot.
3: Thanks for having me join you guys. Always enjoy our conversation.
2: All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the secure your retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it. And we'll send you a special gift. Our book, get off the retirement roller coaster. Just email morgan at POMWell.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, Be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.